Welcome into another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Gunspot. Make sure to visit them at gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about their website is there's no hidden fees when you go to checkout, so you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you visit the website. So, again, be sure to do so at gunspot.com. And while you're strapped up, saddle up in a new ride from Roper Kia, check out their inventory online or on the lot and if you mention us here at Mike Up, you're going to save yourself $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Next up, though, is going to be Downtown Loop. And you guys are going to love the sound of this because at some point in time, you're going to need your oil changed and your tire service. And we have just a spot for you right here in Joplin, Missouri at Downtown Loop on 1st and Main Street. Again, they do specialize in tires and loop, but they are much more than that. So you can visit their website at downtownloop.com for the full list of services. Not a matter of, if, a matter of when you need your oil changed or your tire service. So get that taken care of again right here in Joplin at Downtown Loop. And what a wild weekend that we had in the NFL playoffs. We're going to talk a lot about playoffs. That. A couple of the coaches, uh, things that are happening there. And then a little fun thing I saw on TikTok that is if you could add one previous player from your team to your team's current roster, so one offensive, one defensive player to your team's current roster, who would it be? We'll run through some of those playoff teams. A uh, couple ideas. Not every game is finished so far as we record, but – one game that is finished and is done for. The Jacksonville Jaguars comeback win, 27-point comeback win. I believe I saw it was the third largest in NFL history. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this game was over, as everybody did. <laughs> it was 27 to nothing. Trevor Lawrence had thrown four interceptions in the first half, and it looked dead. So I started having some drinks. And then somebody, the group I was with was like, hey, the Jaguars are coming back in this game. Yeah. Even when, like, hearing that, seeing it, checking the scores, going and finding a TV, it's like, this isn't really going to happen. But boy, did it. The Jaguars win this thing 31 to 30. Uh, I think it was like a last second field goal that wins it. Good for them. Knocking off the Chargers. Good for them. Go Jaguars. And I almost feel bad for the Chargers. Like, the Chargers are going to charge really? them, man. I say about the Raiders all the time. Actually, someone asked me last night, like, hey, like, if you weren't a, a fan of the Chiefs, like, who would you be a fan of? And I was like, oh, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, it's pr- it would probably be the Chargers. Really? Oh, man. I, and I have a whole reasoning behind it. Uh, and I'll just get into it real quick. So, like, growing up as a kid, like, my parents, my family really wasn't into sports. So I kind of just fell into that on my own. But my grandpa did collect trading cards. So he got me started young. And I remember having my first package of football cards and opening them up. One, don't know how to read. And two, it's the first time I've ever seen football. So I'm just looking at these players and like, oh, wow, this is so cool. I'm looking at these logos. And I'm like, oh, man. And my little sister comes up. She's like, hey, like, what are these teams? I was like, oh, these are the lightning bolts. These are, you know, the horseshoes. These are the arrowheads, you know, and just like you're throwing off all these. I was like, these are the eagles. 
I guess there's two Eagles, there's a Cardinal. You know, I mean, I just throwing out these random. I was like, these are the NYers. <laughs> like, I just, I didn't know any of these teams, but I thought the the Nine. Lightning Bolts. <laughs> seven. No, just kidding. I think I was like probably five or six. Just maybe learning how to read. Didn't really know where to look at on the car to read. But I was like, I really like the Lightning Bolts. I was like, I think that's a super cool logo. And then it was like, actually, I kind of like the Chiefs too. You know, the red and white growing up where we were. School colors are red and white. It worked out for me. And then it's like, boom, there's Tony Gonzalez. Dante Hall fell into that. But the Chargers, I always just thought their jerseys were cool. They were in San Diego. They were good. Like, if I wasn't going to like the Chiefs, the Chargers would have been just fine to like as well with Ladanian Thomas been, and Antonio Gates. Early 2000s. Yeah. With, yeah Philip Rivers. I mean, I saw Drew Brees there, and then I saw Philip Rivers come in. So it was just like, yeah, to me, it was like, man, these guys are good. And Kansas City's like good, but they're not like this good. I did like that era of Chargers. A lot, too. I was yeah. a huge LaDainian Tomlinson. I wanted to not like him because he didn't play for the Chiefs, but it was just like, he looked so freaking cool. Oh, like the most complete running back ever. Yeah, like and honestly, was... we should probably talk about him more as like one of the greatest running backs of all time. Yeah, his name is never mentioned in that conversation. Or at least not right. enough. I don't know if we need to reach another generation of running backs before we look back and realize it. But, I mean, LaDainian Tomlinson was the dude. Mm-hmm. Like I remember him and Larry Johnson like went back to like back to back seasons of like or pretty much it was a one season competing for most rushing touchdowns in a season. Yeah. And it was I think came to one of the last games of the year with the Danny Thompson gets it. And I was just like I even remember being a kid, like, man, that's really cool to be able to see that. Like to be able to say, like, hey, I watched this happen. And it was a, a dive run to the left and it was just like, Whoop, there goes Ladanian Thompson again. In the freaking visor. I, I think I've said that like three yeah. times now. Like, I thought that was black. so cool. Like, as a kid, like, you know, you're getting into football and it's like, I want to play wide receiver. You know, I like, I want to catch the ball. And it's like, I can't catch. So it's like, I want to throw the ball because I can throw really far. And my coaches are like, well, hey, one, you're over the weight limit for rec league. And two, you're probably one of the biggest kids, so we need you to play offensive line. And by the biggest kids, it was just I was tall. That's all it was. And then I was like, okay, I'm one of the bigger kids. Rec- I'm going to eat my feelings. Been in and the so, league. yeah. Took me down from there. Could have been in the league. Could have been Daniel a center. Thompson Could have been Jason Kelsey. Finished his career with 13,000 rushing yards. He's obviously going to be a Hall of Famer. But then looking at his receiving numbers, they're just – Is he not already? He's Thompson? not already. He will be. I don't know when he's eligible. Yeah, he is. He is in the league. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought he was first ballot. Um, it, but his receiving numbers. His first year in the league, he caught 59 passes. Second year in the league, caught 79. Third year in the league, had 100 receptions. 100 receptions while also rushing for 1,600 yards. And this is like when they didn't let running backs actually run routes. This was just like, hey, you're my safety blanket. So all he was catching was just those little those little out routes that he's running. Yeah, they weren't putting him in the slot. Yeah. like He wasn't getting those options down the field. It was like, hey, you're you're going to come up to the line of scrimmage, and you're going to head left or right, or you're just going to kind of swing out here, and then I'm going to turn around and dump the ball off to you and let you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Won the MVP in 2006. Yep. 28 rushing touchdowns. That year also caught 56 passes for 500 yards. It was just ridiculous. Ridiculously good uh, the entire time. I don't know how we started talking about this. The Chargers game. Yeah. Chargers come out and just blow it. I I think Brandon Staley maybe gets fired. I, and I wouldn't be surprised. And before, you know, I mean the, the Chargers messed it up. Bottom line, right? That's just how it went. But for the Jacksonville Jaguars to come back, for Trevor Lawrence to have four interceptions, come out of halftime still firing. Like Trevor that was, Lawrence has never lost a football game on a Saturday. High school, college, or pro. Holy shit. Yeah. There were a lot of tweets 
About oh, he's gonna lose his first game on Saturday. Nope, he did not. Wow, I did not know that. This man has still never lost a game on a Saturday. What's I wonder what it's like to just own a day like you're like second coming of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus has got hey, he's Sunday. Got he's got Saturday. He he operates on this new calendar. <laughs> this seventh day for him is Saturday. Son of a gun. <laughs> Out a boy, out a boy, uh, <laughs> T. Jesus, <laughs> yeah, T. Uh, Lawrence. With Brandon Staley, though, like there was some stuff with Bosa at the end of the game, slamming his helmet. For some reason, Brandon Staley like chases his helmet down and retrieves it and gives it back to him. Joey Bosa slams it on the ground again. Yeah. It was a terrible look. And then, just honestly, having this roster and not being able to make any noise with this roster, or you know, playing all your starters and getting Mike Williams hurt. It hasn't been great, and I think that he will get fired if Sean Payton expresses more interest in this job. And it, it sounds like he's really interested in the Denver job, but uh, I heard a report this morning on the pregame stuff that Sean Payton has always been interested in this Chargers job. It's just never been available. Good uh, chance it could be available. Yes. Hey, Tuesday, what's up? Sean Payton's head coach Thursday. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's that quickly. Right. Put in a call to his agent. And I mean, when you, you look at the when you look at the Chargers, they don't they they already have everything they need to be successful. They just need someone to put the pieces together correctly. Yeah, which obviously could be Sean Payton. Big Sean Payton podcast. I feel oh. like I've talked about him every episode. If you're Sean Payton, would you rather go to the Cowboys or the Chargers if both jobs are available? That's a good question. It wouldn't be the Broncos. No, they're out. Carolina Panthers, they're out. Houston Texans, they're out of the conversation. Yeah, I feel like those two jobs would be the top ones. It, neither one is open right now. But Yeah. Man, if I'm Carolina still, it's like, hey, I like the opportunity going after Sean Payton. You got Steve Wilkes sitting right there. And I know we talked about it last episode. He's got the momentum. He's got the team rallied around him. Give him another opportunity. If they can't get Sean Payton, and I don't think they will, they should stick with Wilkes. Unless Sean Payton likes the idea of going and getting his own quarterback or finding Which one. Which he might, yeah. You know, and maybe it's like, okay, hey, I'm here in Carolina. Here comes Derek Carr. Here comes Jimmy Garoppolo. It would be very hard to pass up Justin Herbert. Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff. And Keenan Allen and just right. everything that's there. Mm-hmm. Austin Eckler, who also another just underrated running back. I don't. All the guy does is score touchdowns. He does. I mean, just fantasy, fantasy god in terms of that. Like, he just tears it up. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know if you can continue to rely on him. But then I say that, and he just he led the team in receptions this year, I believe. Like he's, he broke a record for most receiving or most receptions by a Chargers running back, which is huge. Saying that we just talked right. about Ladainian Tomlinson, and so it's just it's one of those deals where is Austin Eckler the guy moving forward? Do you need to get another versatile running back, or do you just need a better play caller that knows how to use yeah. a versatile running and back? I like honestly, Austin I think Eckler. that's the case. And he had a, another really good year. He's not. He's just not that traditional running back that I think we're used to, where he's going to he's going to rush for 900 yards. This year he rushed for 915 yards and 13 touchdowns. But That's he had 107 season. catches for 722 yards and five touchdowns. How many catches? 107. Yeah. Like his numbers are ridiculous. I remember talking about him fantasy. They're doing some fantasy preview stuff. I mean, like, oof. Don't know if he can do it again. <laughs> yeah, I know. He did. <laughs> he had a better year. He had Austin more yards, Eckler and Derek more Henry. More touchdowns, more catches. <laughs> Those two guys right there, Derek Henry and Austin Eckler, just like, ah, can they do it again? Yes. Yes, they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And even if Sean Payton takes over, Austin Eckler probably needs to be drafted in the top five of your fantasy draft next year. Go ahead and mention it. I almost got last. I did not. It was our boy, boy, uh, Matty Mills. I think I finished second to last. Let's not – it was me, actually. I beat him in the last round. Yeah, it went Matt, me, and then I think it might have been you. (laughs) I had an awful – The guys that get paid to do this. Uh, Aaron Rodgers pissed me off so much that I stopped checking my roster. (laughs) Thankfully, we don't have a penalty for our fantasy draft. We've been trying to do this for years. I can tell you right now, if I would have been in last place – if I would have been in last place, you guys would have been like, oh, no, this is the punishment that we agreed on, and I would have had to do it. Since it wasn't determined before, I, I wouldn't have. But I, I'm in favor of it. We need to have an incentive for our league. Like, it can't saw, just be like, oh, we have a fun draft party, mm-hmm. and then we don't do anything for another four months while the season goes on. Right, because, it, I mean, the bottom feeders of our league or any league, mm-hmm. like me, checked out. Yeah. I, I didn't even know when the playoffs started. I still don't even know who won our league. Uh, Shorty did. Congratulations. I think it was him and Mitch in the championship. Couldn't happen to two better guys. <laughs> wonderful human beings. Uh, but we should, or you should have a punishment. I saw um, a punishment this weekend. A guy had to sit outside and drink, I think it was 12 Natty Tall Boys before he could go inside. And I tweeted and I was like, that doesn't feel like a punishment. That doesn't, but boy, if it's like windy outside and you're that, and that was loaded. It was like 20 degrees, and he's yeah. sitting outside, and he has to finish all of them. And I believe it was that he couldn't give away any beers. But if somebody asked for one, he could give them away. It's so like if somebody was like, hey, I'll take a beer, he could give it away. The real getter is that he could not go inside to pee Oh, while drinking 12 Natty Tall Boys. Man, I get you so bloated, you almost need to go poo, too. Like, that's a that's right. a tough predicament to be in. Uh-huh, and that's, I mean, I assume that he's in Chicago. <laughs> Not exactly easy to just be like, yeah, I'm going to take a piss out here. He's going to go ahead and whip this out. Like, us out here in the country, it was like, I'll just find a tree. <laughs> yeah, in Joplin. There's no trees. Yeah, you can pee downtown. No all problem. the time. <laughs> Every walk home, I got my spot. <laughs> always make sure there's not a homeless person on the other side of the dumpster. It's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> what is the building that we used to always pee by? I did that last night. I was out, and I was leaving the bar to come home, and I just pulled this random parking lot to go piss. And I was like, oh, there's like there's these giant, like, uh, uh, what are, what, like these wooden wheels that you wrap, like, coil and, like, cords around, stuff like that. Yeah. And I whip my car over there. I'm like, perfect. I can go right behind this and pee. There's a fucking homeless guy just standing there. In Joplin? Or? No, in Pittsburgh. And he just like waves at me like he's supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, hey, man, I sleep here. I was like, so. oh, fuck, my bad. Like, I said that out loud. It's like, he can hear me. It's like, I am so sorry I disrupted you doing drugs. <laughs> like, By the way, the building was City Hall. boy. <laughs> that was the building that we used to pee by. <laughs> Oh my God, it is. I never, I just, big tall building. Yeah, that's the building. It is the, the city. Yep. Uh, anyway, there was also football uh, this weekend that we were talking about. Sean Payton, I just continue to watch that and see where he's interested. Uh, teams do have to reach out to the Saints and come to an agreement on compensation. You're going to have to trade for him. But if you're the Chargers, if you're the Cowboys, and the Saints want a first round pick, give it to him. Yeah. I, I think that's. That's fair. And Do you think he's worth it? I mean, you think you're going to get it for like two first round picks? But I think teams have probably learned from that to maybe not do that. But yeah. if, if it is, if it's a first round pick and you're the Cowboys and you're sitting at like 20 something, 
Yeah, do it. Don't even think about it. Pull the trigger. <laughs> Send it, Jerry. And do it. Because like, he's going to be so much more valuable than anybody that you can get yeah. in the first round. And you're probably going to get someone in free agency that's going to want to come play for him. Now, right now, the Chargers would be drafting at 23rd. The Cowboys are at 26. Obviously, the playoffs will change this. But mm-hmm. And there's, I love the NFL draft. There's no guarantee that you're getting a good player. Yeah. You might get somebody that like never plays a down for you. And we've talked about this several times. We go over some of these drafts, and you know, if someone's drafted right in the first round, it almost feels like it's a lock. Like, oh, yeah, this kid's been a stud in college. I Does was thinking, nothing yes. in the NFL. Um, I was thinking about the Alabama receivers today. Mm-hmm. Watching some of these guys play. They had Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, um, Henry, Henry Ruggs, Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, And Jalen Waddle. It was Jalen Waddle that I was watching. At the time, we're watching those four guys at Alabama, and everybody thought Jerry Judy was the dude. He was yeah. the best receiver. It's like, no doubt about it. That's the one you take. At best, he's third on that team now. Yeah. I mean... Granted, he has not had good luck in Denver. <laughs> no, <laughs> he is third because Henry Ruggs is not in the league. <laughs> like Henry Ruggs might have turned out to be a better receiver. Henry Ruggs but, could have been, and special. that's nothing against Jerry Judy. I still think yeah. he's a really good receiver. And, but even you know, looking at him against that draft class of guys like Ceedee Lamb, I believe Justin Jefferson, everybody thought Jerry Judy was the dude. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to pile on him, but he hasn't had a great career. That's how unpredictable the NFL draft yeah. is. Yeah, because year one, he struggled with drops and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's been a little bit of the nagging uh, injuries there, so that's not been good either. And then oh, is this his third year in the league now? So you get Russell Wilson thinking like, yeah. ooh, him and Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton's healthy. Look out. You know, uh, Williams is a running back. He's going to be able to help, help him get space. Russell Wilson can't get him the ball. We saw that frustration with Jerry Judy this year mm-hmm. too, throwing his helmet down, yelling. I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to fight or, you know, kind of get his forces way out. Yeah. Excuse me, that's what is I'm Russ trying to coming say back? I'm good. Yeah. Send me somewhere else. And I don't oh. think I would blame him. Like, I want NFL players to do that. Like, if Michael Thomas does that or Alvin Kamara does that with the Saints, like, hey, like, I don't want to be here for a rebuild. I, I want to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd blame you. It's like Tyreek getting out of Kansas City. He's already accomplished everything he can in Kansas City. Go somewhere else and get paid. That's fine. Yeah. I can't be upset with you, mm-hmm. especially with the way the Chiefs played this year. Sorry. Yeah, Tyreek still had a, a very good year. Obviously, mm-hmm. Chiefs did too. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it was it was a good year for both of them. Uh, another thing with the NFL coaching hires is that my guy, Cliff Kingsbury, has a lot of teams reaching out to him. And he has replied back and has said, no thanks, I'm good. Homie bought a one-way ticket to Thailand and has told people he's not interested in coaching right now. And honestly, I love that for him. Way I mean- to go. Talk about just slapping your nuts on the table and just being like, I'm good. <laughs> like this is like this is to me the nut cutting time and it's just like I'm leaving. <laughs> like I don't I don't care. Right I'm not now. gonna be here. <laughs> and the thing is, is like, what are you doing in Thailand? I've no idea. You could do whatever you I mean, you got a ton of money, you're gonna be able to do whatever you want, but like it, coaching contracts aren't as public as player contracts. Yeah. I read a report that he had signed a five year deal before the year started. So he's still getting paid really good money for four more years. Are those fully guaranteed? Yeah, they're they're not buyouts or anything like that in those contracts. If you sign that deal, they are paying it. Wow. So if I were He could Cliff, be in Thailand for three years, coming back, long hair, lazy eyes fixed, <laughs> yeah. gained a couple pounds. Uh-huh. Pale. Who the hell is this guy? 
Do <laughs> yeah. you want to be the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs? Huh. Uh, no. <laughs> We're good, actually. Yeah. You're going to have to go back to USC and see if they want you. But I don't fault him at all for wanting to take some time. I, I don't think that he was going to get any head coach looks, and maybe that's something that he really wanted to do. And maybe he does take a year off and decides, yeah, I'll come back. I'll do the offensive coordinator thing. Or maybe he takes a year off and does get some coaching head coaching looks. Yeah. Or maybe he has to go back to the college game. Um, we'll see what happens. But either way, don't feel sorry for Cliff Kingsbury. He's doing the man set up for life. Fine. And again, like just be able to say, I'm going to Thailand. One way ticket. No idea when I'm coming back. No set schedule. I'll find a place to stay. I'll just hop on a scooter and ride around. Just live the life. Yeah. Good for you, Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, don't feel sorry for him. He's living a very good life. Um, also, another thing that we hadn't talked about yet is Bills Chiefs. That game, the uh, Bills did win today, barely over barely. the Dolphins. If it is Bills Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, that game will be played in Atlanta. I'm a big fan of that stadium. I'm totally on board with this. I am too. And, you know, there were some rumors too about it maybe being played in Pittsburgh because it'd be outside. I thought that would have been kind of interesting. I, and I thought I heard that it was the Chiefs that put in that request. They wanted to play on grass, they wanted to play outside. I mean, I don't blame them for that at all. That's yeah. what you have in Kansas City. Right. So it would have been more of a, a home field. It, it's weird, though, because, like, that's what Buffalo has, too. Yeah. And I guess the Chiefs, their offense over the last couple of weeks is maybe more suited for that. I, I but still yeah. like Josh Allen in the cold and him running around. And I'm still not really cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do love that this game is going to be in Atlanta. I did see a couple people, like, complaining, like, why Atlanta? Atlanta's super easy to get to. And that yeah. city is set up to host major events like this. So yep. they're going to split. It's going to be like a bowl game. They're going to split it 50 50. 100%. Uh, one end zone is going to say Chiefs. One's going to say Bills. I think, it's, I think it's a really cool idea. And as much as it sucks to not have that game possibly in Arrowhead or Buffalo, I think this is something that the NFL is going to toy around with. Neutral site for these championship games. Oh, I hope not. Those are too much fun to have at like to go to. They're incredibly fun. But doesn't it just seem like that's kind of a bullshit thing to do anyway? You no. have such an important game and you're like, Yeah, you can play at your home stadium. So that's if, right. If, I like it. You've <laughs> earned it. You earned the right to play from home. Uh-huh. Right. I think that they're gonna go to a situation where you get a bye, you get home field advantage until conference championship. That's only one game at home, though. You get one home field advantage game. Congratulations. <laughs> I, just, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if they will. Yeah. I won't hate it. I won't love it. Yeah. But I, I really think that if this goes well, it's a situation where the NFL is going to look at it and say, like, they're going to make this a mini Super Bowl. And I know Atlanta makes sense because it's, it's also right there in between. You know, it's easy, like you said, for Kansas City to get there and for Buffalo to get there. But I think this game could have been a lot of fun in Vegas. Like, if you yeah. wanted to make a huge spectacle out of it, mm-hmm. I think Vegas would but have been good. Yeah, doesn't that even make sense, though? It's like the NFL is going to be looking at this and thinking, we could have these games played in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we could put a game at SoFi and then wherever the Super Bowl is. Yeah. I mean, you could have Vegas, L.A., and Miami. And Those Vegas has. Big games. Yeah. I mean, Ooh, and sign me up. <laughs> Vegas has the, the grass field as well, so I think that would have been pretty beneficial for the Chiefs. I mean, and the Bills as well, but. Is it Vegas that has a terrible field, or is that Arizona? What do you mean? Their grass is just awful. 
Uh, so it's real grass, but both they have that field that pretty much like rolls outside. Yeah, I think it's Arizona. Yeah, that's where what the Super everybody Bowl is complains about their grass. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, Comes but also the Dolphins Bills game today. I thought that one was over. Yep, it wasn't. The Dolphins fight back in this one, and I don't know if Mike McDaniel should get credit or scrutiny. Like your team played very well with a third string with a quarterback. Third string quarterback. But I also felt like he probably made some mistakes that cost them the game. He's also a first-year head coach, so I guess maybe that's a little bit of a learning curve for him. I will say I'll give him more praise for being able to go into that environment and keep it close and fight back in this game. But down the stretch, there was a lot of stuff with the play clock. that was terrible, wasting timeouts, things like that. But it was, a, it was your third-string quarterback who's a rookie. In a playoff game against the Buffalo Bills. In Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, And it was super loud. There were times it was so loud in that stadium, you couldn't even really hear the whistle. It was the fourth down call. The, the Bills called a timeout right before they snapped the ball. You couldn't hear it. They played out the entire play. Players did. The refs did. Everybody did. And then it was an incomplete pass. They had to rule it dead and say, Buffalo charged with the timeout. That play didn't happen. So... Buffalo ends up winning, so it's not that big of a deal anyway. But there were a lot of things that I feel like Mike McDaniel could have done better. Mm-hmm. But again, third-string quarterback, rookie, first-year head coach, playing in Buffalo. There was a lot stacked up against them, and they still almost won that game. And, and I mean, good for Miami. That's nice to build upon going into the next year. But it almost makes me wonder, too, like, okay, what do you do going into next year? Because there was the rumors of, like, hey, Mike McDaniel might get fired. If the Dolphins get an opportunity for Sean Payton, Mike McDaniel is going to be the next coach on, you know what I mean, to get a job. Like, he might get hired before uh, Sean Payton does. Like, he would just be that attractive of a coach to get and have come in and be a play caller for you. But when you look at Miami, it's like, is Tua your guy next year? Can you risk going in another year with this with Tua dealing with concussions? They're going to roll with him. But we kind of talked about that last week. I think it was on the podcast. Yeah. And I mean, I don't even say that to try to be dramatic. Like, it just. Three yeah, concussions got, this year. Two of them we know were listed. but yep. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I think it's a great story, like the horrific knee injury. He recovered from it. You've got to get a backup there that can play. Mm-hmm. This is not a Chad Henney come-to-the-meetings guy. You need an Andy Dalton-type guy that can come in and play if you need him to. Yeah. And just with Tua, it's just it's been too scary. I mean, two concussions this year, maybe three. <laughs> Yeah, I think there was three. There was the one that so you know, the one that he we did. all knew was a concussion, but they were like, "Oh, there was no signs of it." And he comes mm-hmm. back, and his hands and the ones clench with his up. Hands, so that's two. And you then know, this most recent one, three, which had him year? out for a month. I mean, he's been out for a month, hasn't he? Do you do you need you need to call Andy Dalton? I don't know. Like to me, he's the most like ready to play backup in the NFL. And the Dolphins don't have a first round pick this year, do they? And they should. Well, I don't think they would spend it on a quarterback anyway. But you you need somebody. Jameis Winston, maybe. But Jameis, I don't. <laughs> I'm he's not over, a tutor. I'm over Jameis Winston. Right. I think he could come in and play. It's not going to be well. Andy Dalton, man. I just I like that dude. You do the old uh, Red Rifle. Uh huh. What is it? Red Rifle. <laughs> yeah. Not the Red Rocket. <laughs> no, no, no. Oops on that one. If I had a young quarterback in the NFL, especially one that was a little bit injury prone, I would overpay Andy Dalton. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I'm not going after a guy like Marcus Mariota now. Like, you might Mm-mm. just dip out on nope. the season. Toodaloo, dude. Yeah, so I I don't know. Is there maybe a more obvious name that I'm overlooking? But 
that's what I was just kind of thinking. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to get a starting job somewhere else, as he should. Yeah. Maybe you kick the tires on trading for Trey Lance because Brock Purdy's taking over let's there. Just say, let's go there. <laughs> I don't know, man. Do you I don't trade know. for Brock Purdy? Do you just like. <laughs> I'm not a Brock Purdy guy. I never have been since he was like a freshman or sophomore. Man, I remember State. asking you, you and Matt both, like, why is Brock Purdy not getting it? Like, Iowa State is like up here at the top, and all the attention goes to the head coach and Campbell. It's like, look at him, you know, he's done a great job. And I remember asking you guys, like, what about Brock Purdy? Like, is he going to be like an NFL prospect? And you both were like, no, 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 no. And I'm not about to say it's like, oh, I thought he was. It was just like, nobody thought that. And clearly not because he's mystery relevant, last pick in the draft. But now you're, you've led the. The 49ers to 11 straight wins. You, you're tearing it up. You have four touchdowns that you are accountable for. It should have been five, but Brandon and I dropped a ball in the corner of the end zone after a great play by Brock Purdy. The guy does it all. Mm-hmm. He can roll out to the right and throw accurately. He can roll out to the left and throw accurately. He can dance around in the pocket. He's got enough speed. He's got the leadership. He's everything that you would want in a quarterback, but everybody overlooked that coming into the draft. I still think he just has a terrible arm. It works out enough. It's yeah. good enough. I saw somebody tweeting earlier today, and it was a deep pass by Brock Purdy. And somebody had tweeted it and, like, check out this throw. It was actually a terrible throw where he threw his receiver into coverage. <laughs> but it was a completion. And it was for, like, 20-plus yards. <laughs> so people will see it online and be like, how many quarterbacks can make that throw in the NFL? All of them. 64-ish? <laughs> I mean, how deep you want to go? <laughs> Me? <laughs> uh, I, hey, man, don't 40, 40 yards is a lot further to throw it is. and run than a lot of people realize. <laughs> and with Brock Purdy, I, I don't think that he's good. I think it's going to eventually – he's going to get exposed. But they are winning games with him. I hate when you do this. What? Because it's just you shit on people and – and then they're successful. <laughs> like, it's Max Duggan all over again. Uh-huh. Yep. He's going to lead them to the Super Bowl. He, and honestly, he might. Yeah. But I shouldn't say I hate when you do this. You're fine. Sorry, I feel bad saying that. Also, how tough is the NFC? <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, credit to him and Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. for They've won, what is it, like 11 straight games now? Yeah. So it, it's very impressive. I do think that... It's a really good story, and we like to jump on the late-round quarterbacks that get drafted and have some success. But then those guys start to get exposed a little bit. Yeah. The most popular guy in the room is the backup quarterback. However, you know, we were talking with another buddy this weekend. I don't know how you can replace Brock Purdy. Yeah. Like, unless he just goes out and really shits the bed next week. And I don't think he will. I think Brock Purdy has to roll into next season as your starting quarterback. And as of right I now, really like Trey Lance. Yeah. But you can't replace a guy who's on an 11 game heater, loses one game for a very unproven project quarterback. Yeah. And as of right now, there's, it looks like the Niners might be playing the Giants <laughs> yeah. with the way this game's going on right now as we're recording the show here. But it's. Well, it, be careful because we've seen two comebacks today. That's so, very, very true. It's 24 to 14. And the Vikings are very, I think they've had like nine comebacks. Mm-hmm. In the fourth quarter, it's been insane this year for them. With this, though, and San Francisco, we also need to realize, hey, this is a team sport. they got a pretty solid defense. you got Christian McCaffrey. you got Debo Samuel and George Kittle. Yep. And all of those guys, everybody had a great game. Granted, you weren't playing the Seahawks. I Offensive did pose the great. question of, hey, 
possibility this was a close game, hard to beat a team three times. I said they were close games, later looked at the scores, realized they were not close games, and that game yesterday was also not a close no, score game. It was, not, it was not close at all. I thought that it could be, too. Um, the, the 49ers do have a great roster, though. Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of people kind of didn't like the trade for Trey Lance. If that would have hit, if Trey Lance would have been, or maybe he still could be, that Mahomes-type quarterback that a lot of people were comparing him to, or maybe not even Mahomes. Maybe he's, you know, Deshaun Watson, yeah. Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. This is easily a Super Bowl-winning team. Oh, without a doubt. And, you know, Especially that's adding Christian McCaffrey to it. How much more explosive would the 49ers be with Trey Lance? Or would they be the same? Like, is that just Kyle Shanahan's offense? Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, that's kind of what Kyle Shanahan is – has won it. That's why he wanted Mac Jones, right? Yeah, come in and run the offense. Yep. I don't need you to be able to chuck the ball 60 yards from one knee and hit a goalpost. I need you to hit, you know, a 13-yard out. That's it. Can you do that? Can you make the read? I'll put guys in place to succeed. And he has done that. So uh, the 49ers are going to be scary in the NFC as well. And then one other interesting thing happened today. Aaron Donald updated his bio on Twitter, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people saw it to where it said former Pitt Panther – Number 97, former NFL defensive lineman with the Rams, 99. And I saw it. I, I saw like one of the first tweets about it. I immediately went to his Twitter page. I know a lot of people were thinking, was it an edit? I can tell you it was not. I saw it on his Twitter bio as well. And then it got edited and taken off of there. Really weird. I don't know why he would do that. Or I don't know if he has a social media manager. Somebody would do it. Kind of feels like he's going to retire. Like, why would you? Oh, I was going to say, or do that. Like, he's. I think he's going to retire. For sure, and that's definitely what it comes off. I guarantee you, it's probably his PR agent or just the team and themselves PR team. You're like, hey, like, get that down. People are one clearly talking about it. And two, we haven't done an official announcement for you to retire. Why are you doing this? Like, you just beat us on the punch to everything, and now we have to address it. And then when we do your actual retirement, nobody's going to care because you did it two days ago on your own. You just botched this whole thing. You're not going to get the recognition you deserve because now we're talking about it like this. Yeah. Yeah. It is like you want these players to have their own opportunity. You screwed this one up, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> you messed up, man. <laughs> I really like Aaron Donald. I'm over him. I have Aaron Donald fatigue. I, like I agree. I agree. And I think that when he does retire, people are going to talk about him as one of the greatest defensive players ever. And to that, I say, no. I don't know if he's top five. Whoa. You heard it here first. Damn, really? Of all time, when you start to throw in other guys, a Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor, Bruce Smith is all-time leading sacker. Uh, Aaron Donald's really good. He's got 103 sacks. And he's been dominant. 100 in the what? 103 sacks is what he has. You know how many Bruce Smith has? 200. Bruce Smith has 200? <laughs> I'm going to look it up to make sure. I'm pretty sure. I was going to say, holy shit, notes. I didn't know he. 200 sacks. That's what the record is. Aaron Donald is half of that. Holy shit. And not that that's shit. the only part of the game. Bruce Smith played a little bit of a different position. But I do think that we kind of overrate Aaron Donald a little bit. It's just that recent success, right? And it was kind of one thing, too, to come from or to go from J.J. Watt into Aaron Donald where – I mean, J.J. Watt, like, we had fatigue about him for a while. It's just he kept playing. Aaron Donald was like, hey, we're getting fatigue of him. He's like, I'm done. I won, I won my ring. I'm out of here. Yeah, and maybe if Aaron Donald continued to play, he would 
maybe get a little bit closer to that. Mm-hmm. I, I doubt it, honestly. That's just too far off. And it is a different position. They are relatively the same size. He is a nine-time All-Pro. Yeah. Or sorry, nine-time Pro Bowler. Seven-time All-Pro. He's great. But I do think that when Aaron Donald does eventually retire, even if it's not this year, people are going to look at him and say he's the greatest of all time. I'm looking at some other defensive linemen. I don't. I don't know that he's. I don't know that he's better than Reggie White. No, and that's hard too. And because now everyone's going to be like, well, you know, different eras, different type of ball, mm-hmm. and that makes sense. And it's just also too with Aaron Donald. He's just he's not the same size as those guys. Like he kind of changed. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if he changed the landscape. He was just kind of a freak of nature where it's like, yeah, we can have a guy this short with abs be a defensive tackle it's and be successful with it. Reverse Calvin Johnson. Like he's getting yeah. praised because he's small. <laughs> Calvin Johnson gets praised because he was huge. We have a friend that we call behind his back, Muscle Hamster. Uh-huh. Aaron Donald is the Muscle Hamster of defensive tackles. Yeah, I'm not trying to fight him for sure. Oh, God, you know, no. And we've talked about it before. Not It's been a while. If Jameis Winston were out there training with fake knives and doing some of this stuff, we would laugh at him and we would say how ridiculous it is. But when Aaron Donald does it, it's like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> no, it's not. He's playing ninja in his backyard. Like, I used to do this too. Nobody was there with a camera to record me. <laughs> I did that shit. <laughs> but Aaron Donald does it and he's the greatest player ever. Warren Sapp has similar numbers uh, to Aaron Donald. And I know that he didn't play a long career, but. Seven-time Pro Bowler for Warren Sapp, four-time All-Pro, a little bit different, but he has 96 and a half sacks. Aaron Donald has a little over 100. They do play similar positions, and nobody's mentioning Warren Sapp as like a the greatest of all time. Mm-mm. Maybe it's a little bit of recency bias too. And for me, also, I love guys like Ed Reed and Troy Polamalu. I would put them up there. So you're saying just defensive players as a whole, then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some linebackers. Ray Lewis. Absolutely. Ray Lewis up there. Um, Mike Singletary. There are a lot of old linebackers out there. that, And that position is just it's played so differently now. But I'm just saying, Aaron Donald's going to retire probably soon, I think, probably this week. Mm-hmm. And people are going to start talking about, is he the greatest defensive player of all time? I don't think so. I, do you want to put him in the discussion? Cool. But I think there are going to be people out there that are like, it's not even up for debate. He is. Nah. I, let's start with, is he the best defensive lineman? Is he the best three-tech? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready to put him up there with Reggie White. I mean, you make, you make solid points, and I guess I never really thought about it. In my generation, yeah, he's one of the best defensive players I've ever right. watched play football. Yeah. But, like, again, all time. I mean, the NFL's been, a while, been around for a while now. Mm-hmm. hundred years. Yeah, and even looking at those guys like Bruce Smith and Reggie White, you didn't throw the ball that much when they were playing. Yeah. So even like the, oh, different era. Yeah, it is a different era. You didn't have as many opportunities to go sack the quarterback. (laughs) Imagine if they did. did. 200 times. (laughs) If Reggie White's playing a quarterback, (laughs) throwing 50 times a game. (laughs) Right? Holy cow. He gets 250. Oh, he has 30 sacks in a season. Mm -hmm. No big deal. And we didn't really talk about J.J. Watt retiring either. Um, yeah, I mean, shoot. J.J. Watt is going to finish his career. He has 114 sacks. Man. He's a five-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, I think. Uh, his career cut short due to injuries. I was going to say, man, he only got five, and yeah, he dealt with a ton of injuries there. Because mm-hmm. you yeah. said Aaron Donald had nine, correct? Yeah. yeah. 
And Aaron Donald been has just been healthy the whole time. Yeah. But I mean, JJ Watt missed two full seasons in a row, sixteen and seventeen. He missed yeah. those seasons. And then in twenty nineteen, he only played eight games. And then twenty twenty one, he only played seven games. Yeah. But I mean, peak JJ Watt from two thousand twelve to two thousand fifteen. Unblockable. Oh, the guy I had mean, twenty sacks twice. Like you couldn't turn on the TV without seeing or hearing about JJ Watt. And I mean, he was getting touchdowns too. Yeah, I was gonna say, like offensively, it was just like, man, yep. you yeah. know they're gonna throw him the freaking ball. That's why he's in there. I think we all went through a little JJ Watt fatigue. I did. But at the man, same like, time, looking like, back at him now, I got tired of when he started being like just cheesy. 20? Yeah, yeah, and it was just like, all right, that's uh-huh. like you're the best defensive player. Don't be a cheese ball. Yeah, tell me your your you know Some guys head off. Can't talk trash. And I I am one of those guys. Then you know, and if I ever made it, I probably would be a cheesy guy. Like I would be the <laughs> yeah. Andrew Luck of like complimenting people on a hard hit. Like, hey man, that was a good hit. It's like what your defensive tackle. Like yeah, that was a good block. Good job. Yeah, because I I I, wanna, I'm, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings with words. You know that's not very nice. But that's you know sometimes that is very effective. I was a pretty good trash talker. But sometimes you, that is. You never stop being a trash talker. You're yeah. really good at it. Yeah. But there are times where I think I get you with the trash talk, and I'm in my, my mind like, damn, that was. And by the time that thought even finishes, you already have another zinger out of your mouth. Yep. And then I'm trying to hold in tears. <laughs> like, that's too, that was too quick and too good. Uh-huh. Uh, it was, it's been years ago, but there was a group of friends of mine that said we should have a roast. And we should do a roast. And I was like, no. <laughs> I could make you cry, <laughs> and I don't want to do that. So we're not going to do that. Yeah, but it would it would be fun to be able to do that one time. I did it for a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought you were going to do it for a wedding too, because I was just like, oh, here we go. They are fun. Uh, it is fun to trash talk. Uh, other things going on in the NFL, though. Like I said, uh, wanted to play this little game. If you could add one previous player from each side of the ball to every playoff team. Who would it be? And I, I saw some people talking about this on TikTok. It just start with our team. We are both Kansas City Chief fans. Mm-hmm. Who would you add to this roster right now? And I didn't just go with like my favorite players. I went with roster specific. Like who would I want to help the Chiefs? Yeah, and it makes it a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. So. And for me, the first one was very obvious. Derek Thomas. Because yeah. that man can play in any era. Hell, we're talking about greatest defensive players of all time. I mean, as far as pass rushers go, Derek Thomas was up there. Yeah, I liked Derek Thomas before I liked the Chiefs, which maybe sounds confusing for some people. I did not grow up a Chiefs fan. I did not come, become a Chiefs fan until mm, 2018. <laughs> uh, so, but Derek Thomas was a guy, he's different. Yeah. Derek Thomas, you might ask yourself, how many sacks did he have? 126. Nine-time Pro Bowler. Somehow, was only two-time All-Pro. Did they start voting on this his last two years in the league? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> How did he not make All-Pro? Uh, I, I don't know. It could have been, honestly, because he was one of the first positionless players. It was like he was one of those first edge rushers. It's like, is he an outside linebacker? Is he a defensive end? We don't really know. So he's maybe that's why. He's good. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why he didn't. He, I mean, he's one of the 20-sack club members. Also got it in his second year. Yeah, holds the record for most sacks in a game. Mm-hmm. And they still lost like that game. Eight or something like that? Uh, seven, seven and so, a half, yeah. I think. Which is still just a stupid number. 
I hate that we talk about that game. I was like, oh, man, that's impressive. You still fucking lost to the Seahawks. What are you doing offensively? And they had one white receiver and one short white quarterback mm-hmm. and lost Yeah, in Kansas City. So I'm adding Derek Thomas. I think he's one of the best players of all time, especially when you're talking about pass rushers. Yeah. And then I've thought about this numerous times during the season, what Jamal Charles would look like in this offense. Because he could catch the ball very well out of the backfield, mm-hmm. but also has that speed and would fit in with an Andy Reid offense. And Jamal Charles, low-key underrated. I oh. believe holds the record still for uh, highest yards per carry, yeah, which is like 5.4. Insane. That offense flowed through him, too, for like three years. Mm-hmm. Like, and they then, didn't have another know, choice. Injuries. But. Yep, injuries kind of caught up with him there at the end. He should be in the Chiefs Hall of Fame. He will be he's one day. He's got for a sure. strong case for the actual Hall of Fame. I was going to say, do you think he's a Hall of Famer? I don't think he'll make it. He has seven thousand five hundred rushing yards. It's probably just not enough. If yeah, if he would have been on a better team, for sure. If that team would have been making it to the playoffs, or maybe even if he had won a Super Bowl, maybe. But I I don't think that he had enough going on. Maybe if he had an MVP, but you know he plays a running back, so. That would be tough to do. Yeah, and you definitely weren't going to get it playing for the Chiefs at that point in time either because yeah. they were Chiefs not Hall winning. Chiefs Hall of Fame, though, they, I don't know what they're waiting for. Put him in. Yeah, I wonder how they do that because they just put Tony Gonzalez in like last year. And it was just like, what? Did we learn nothing from Kobe? <laughs> like, why? Yeah. Why are we waiting on Immediate recognition. Like, yes. thank you. They For any type of Hall of Fame voting, you should be able to like petition for immediate um, 100%. Kobe. Yeah, like, I agree with you. With Kobe, we didn't need to wait. <laughs> we did, and he didn't get to go in while he was alive. Tony Gonzalez, why are you waiting to put him in the ring of honor? Like, let's go ahead and put Patrick Mahomes up there. <laughs> <laughs> For real. And After, Alex Smith. Shit. If he wins another MVP, which he's going to, mm-hmm. he should be in the also, ring of Also, uh, all MVP. provosts came out. Who are the two dumbasses <laughs> or the single Whoever, I think it was one or two. Mm-hmm. Why do you not voting Patrick Mahomes first team Does for the Jalen whole Hurts league? Have a vote. <laughs> I think, yeah. Like, no, because you know what, Jalen Hurts is a good enough person that he would probably even be like, "Yeah, it's Pat." Yeah, I, I hurt I'll my take, shoulder. I missed a couple yeah, games. I'll take second. <laughs> right. I don't know who you're voting for if you're not voting for him on that one. And there was there were two others. It was like, why? Why would you not vote them first ballot or yeah, first team all pro? Mm-hmm. Um, but those are my Chiefs players. I don't know if you wanted to add any of them. Yeah, for me, it was – and, again, I'm kind of going with the, the idea of, you know, what could they use right now. And for me, it was – for offense, Dwayne Bowe. I mean, you get a, a – I've been sitting here claiming for – begging for a big-bodied receiver. The Chiefs had that in Dwayne Bowe. He dealt with his drops. He also never had a good quarterback to throw him the ball. Like, he just – he didn't. He didn't get that opportunity – and the one good season that he had was with Matt Castle. And it just makes me wonder, like, if Dwayne Bowe got to play, you know, with a great tight end, like, you know, there is in Travis Kelsey, or even with Tony Gonzalez, like, or if there had been that little bit of layover, you know, you get even a guy like Alex Smith, you get Patrick Mahomes, you're getting those opportunities in the end zone consistently down the field. Or if you have a head coach like Andy Reid who's going to scheme you open or put you in positions to succeed, what does that look like? And has that changed this Chiefs offense? I really wanted to put in Priest Thomas, but it's like Isaiah Pacheco, in my mind, is kind of a somewhat running back. He's ground a pound, going to be a physical runner. Priest Thomas would be another good one, though. Also yeah. catch the ball very well. And that. then uh, defensively, you went with Derek Thomas. I wanted to go different, but I put in Jared Allen. 
just another just presence, a guy that you have to like game plan against and be absolutely terrified. Jared Allen with the Chiefs was one of my favorite players because he would buzz in a line. I was playing this was about the time I was playing rec ball, and I also played defensive end. And I love the idea of like shaving in a line in your hair for the number of sacks. And he would go up. So like at one point he hit like fourteen. I did not know that about and him. he would just like bzz, 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 like people do a little mark in their eyebrows. He would just do it like on the side of his head. A notch. Yeah, I was just like, dude, that is so cool. You know, My mom what? told me absolutely not. But a couple things here about Jared Allen. One, he has more career sacks than Aaron Donald. In fact, he has. 30 more sacks than Aaron Donald. He had 130 sacks in his career. 136 sacks in his career. He's got to be a Hall of Famer. I remember him as a Kansas City Chief. Mm -hmm. He only played four seasons with the Chiefs. That's it? That's it. I remembered it being so much more than that. Yeah. So I'm sitting here thinking, like, he's probably a ring of honor guy. He's probably going to go in as a Chief. He played more years with the Vikings. He played six seasons with the Vikings. Like he's a Minnesota Viking. Yeah, damn. New man on the Minnesota Vikings. Lizzo tried to tell us she was talking about Jared Allen. <laughs> Why did the Chiefs trade him? Do you remember that? Do you know? It's just stupid. Should've I didn't seen. know if it was like due to contract or if he had gotten in trouble with like drinking and driving or if that was. He would have got a raise if he did that with the Chiefs. That's kind of what I'm wondering, but I don't know. I think it was the the contract. I don't I don't remember. I wasn't a Chiefs fan then. I think it was that they didn't want to pay him because they were going to have to make him one of the highest paid players in the league. He had just led the league in sacks with 15 and a half sacks. And he's another guy who's had 20 sacks. He had 22 sacks in 2011. Mm -hmm. And people are going to talk about Aaron Donald being the greatest <laughs> defensive player. Don't forget about Jared Allen. And I also, I loved his uh, sack celebration. Yeah. Of like uh, tying up a hog or a cow, like a calf or something. It's just like, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, how about the 49ers? They are still in and they won. And I mm -hmm. think this is the most obvious one. Joe Montana put him on that roster. I almost said Jerry Rice, but then it's like, they don't have a quarterback right now. So, yeah, it's got to be right. Joe Montana. And I love Jerry Rice. Mm -hmm. And I lo also love Steve Young. But it's Joe Montana. Especially oh, specifically with Kyle Shanahan. That's what I was just thinking, too. I was like, actually, who would be a better quarterback out of those two with Kyle Shanahan? And it's going to be Joe Montana. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what he'd want. Yep. And then defensively, I looked at a couple different pass rushers and things like that. It's Ronnie Lott. I don't care what you need. Especially if you're putting them on the team right now. It's like, yeah. what what could the Niners have? It's like, oh, you're going to put a hard-hitting safety there? Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. Even That's the last thing they need. Linebacker, hell, Ronnie Lott could probably be the best pass rusher on that team. Oh, yeah. And I say, like, last thing they would need in terms of, like, other teams to be like, God bless. Like, of course, now they have Ronnie Lott on their team. Yeah. We are so screwed. Mm -hmm. And you agreed on that one. Yeah. So a lot of these, I'll just be honest, I'm probably going to agree because I don't know enough of the history of these players and teams to be like, oh, Let yeah. Let me this throw guy, this one guy. at you then. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. This is, I had to go, like, my era because I didn't know the Jaguars at all. It was just like, F I can <laughs> remember them from inception. Like, as soon as they were a thing, I. <laughs> Followed that. I thought it was so cool that the NFL was expanding. They were bringing in two teams. They're both big cats and the Panthers and the Jaguars. And from Tony Dude, Maselli. what? What? They brought both those two teams yep. on at the same time? Yep. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> How old were you? something new with big country. I, it was like 97, I think. Huh. <laughs> And then they went to the Super Bowl like eight years later? Very soon. Wow. 
very soon after. Not even eight years, like six. Yeah, pretty crazy, huh? Shit. Oh, I guess it was like 95 is when they came into the league. You know when the New York Giants joined the NFL? 1925. I was going to say 1918. Pretty close. Dang. Damn near 100 years. So let me go back to wow. the point that I'm trying to make here. <laughs> You're telling me Aaron Donald is the best player of all time, and we have 100 years of players? Like, this is not a new league. We've been doing it for a minute. Aaron Donald's really good. Let's pump the brakes. That's all I'm saying. Dang. But I'm adding to the Jaguars. Tony Baselli at left tackle. Really need a running back. Maybe you need a receiver, but having a Hall of Fame left tackle with Trevor Lawrence, sign me up. And then defensively, yeah, you even see, I, I felt like that was maybe a little too recent, so I just went with one of my favorite players, and John Henderson. Just a big kick-ass <laughs> defensive tackle. Terrifying. Probably doesn't being. even fit in with this era of the NFL anymore. Oh, my God, no. They okay. would, he would be canceled. He would have an athletic trainer slap him to get him ready to go to the game. Like that is one of the most viral videos ever mm-hmm. of him like begging an athletic trainer to smack him. He's like, "Hit me harder." He's like, "Oh, you made me bleed." And he's just crazy, and it's just that is probably the first time I've ever seen a guy on camera to it. Like, that's a huge fucking dude. It's huge. Because like I am like we've talked about it before. It's like I can see a player with a number, and it's like. You know, the bigger the number, the bigger the player looks to me. The smaller the number, the smaller they look. Like Isaiah Pacheco in number 10, I don't think he looks very big. I don't know why. I'm sure if he was number like 32, I'd be like, man, that dude's pretty freaking thick. <laughs> I don't know. It's just the way my brain works. But with him, Henderson was like, oh, my God. That is one well, of the largest human beings I've ever seen in my life. And at the time, he, he was one of the bigger players we'd mm-hmm. ever had in the NFL. He was listed at six foot seven, 335 pounds. You see those guys play left tackle, play right tackle. You didn't see many guys like defensive tackle. Yeah, he was. He was an intimidating force. Uh, how about the Philadelphia Eagles? This was honestly one of the hardest ones for me that I did. I went with Brian Dawkins because I feel like just him on defense. Oh, he was a I mean, no-brainer. We talked about it with like Ladainian Thomason for the Chargers. Like for me, it was Brian Dawkins and Ladainian Thomas. I thought were like the two coolest players in the NFL. Somebody's got to think for visors. Oh. Every time I create a player on Madden, my quarterback, you know I'm putting a black visor on it. Number seven, eye paint. Why wear an eye paint when you got a visor on? It doesn't matter. I think it looks fucking awesome. That's cool. I'm Drew Brees and Michael Vick in one. Yeah. Call me Austin Vick. What's up? Just kidding. <laughs> Did that in seventh grade. But anywho, Brian Dawkins, I was just like, he was one of those players that I feared, like even watching on TV, because he just flew around everywhere. And I loved it when he would come onto the field and he would do his little eagle like wing flap deal and then, you know, make it a big play. He was always all over the place too. The team rallied around him, and you just you would see Brian Dawkins in primetime moments on TV and watching those games, and it was like, this guy's different. And I thought that was one of the best parts, Brian too. Dawkins, honestly, he's one of the guys that I didn't appreciate enough while he played. Yes. Like, I thought, like, yeah, he's a good safety, but, like, eh. No, he's, he's great. He's one of the greatest of all time. And looking at the Eagles offensively, it's like, what do you need? Like, maybe a quarterback, but even there, I put in the rundown in parentheses, like McNabb. Is Donovan McNabb better than Jalen Hurts? No. Probably, but like... I don't know if he is, honestly. And that's why I, maybe I'm stupid, went with Zach Ertz. Like, <laughs> Primetime Zach Ertz. Put him back on this offense. That's maybe what you need. Yeah. Your receivers, you're good. I went with T.O. just because it was like, 
all right, you're going to get a, a big body, mm-hmm. fast guy as well. And you're just going to slap another A.J. Brown out there, essentially, and just be like, okay, right, here but we still, go. still, those three at receiver mm-hmm. would be absolutely ridiculous. But I, I, any running back that's come through there, LaShawn McCoy, I think that they're okay with yeah. Miles Sanders. And you don't really need that. Brian Westbrook, maybe? I don't know. Even then, uh, you'd much rather have LaShawn McCoy in my mind. Mm-hmm. Right, so Eagles were a tough one offensively. And their offensive line is so good this year that you can't yeah. even look at like, ah, let's just plug in another. So what happens when they stay healthy? pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you can have a sw- sixth guy that's a swing guard tackle? Like, no, <laughs> you don't need him. Uh, the uh, games that are happening tonight are interesting too, though. Uh, we're doing this before the Bengals and Ravens game. So right now both those teams still in. The Bengals were a pretty easy one for me. I'm getting Anthony Munoz at left tackle again. Just protect Joe Burrow. <laughs> and defensively, it was tough. I went with Takeo Spikes. Yeah. Bengals, not a lot of great players defensively. No. I, I mean, really in general, except for like right now and what they have. So I went with uh, Chad Johnson. I almost went with TJ Hushmanjada. Uh, yeah. Uh, TJ Hushmanjada is really what we said in school growing up. But I think Chad Johnson would be kind of good or would be fun to see on this team. But again, it's like how many offensive weapons do they really need? So... In my mind, it was really the only two players I knew uh, growing up watching them play. But Vontez Burfitt is the guy who I put for defensively. Literally crazy. And that's the reason why I think they could use him. You just have, like, everyone's scared of your offense. Your defense is like, man, they just keep making plays. How so? If you put Vontez Burfitt in the middle of that defense again, uh, hey, guess what? I'm not running across the middle of the field, Coach. i tell you that. Uh, new game plan. We're attacking the he outside. He literally couldn't play in this era. No. He didn't play that long ago. <laughs> He's kind of the reason why the NFL has to start taking the safety precautions they yeah. do now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, Very your much. head is not a weapon, pal. And then for the Ravens, we both agreed on Ed Reed. I'll take Ed Reed over Ray Lewis. Yeah. And I just, maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I'm biased. Well, especially with them having Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. Mm-hmm. You know, it just you're fine there. And I think Ed Reed is he's in the discussion for greatest defensive player of all time for me. His he's ability a, to just play deep safety and take away parts of the field and the mind games. I think Ray Lewis got a lot of credit for a lot of the checks and things that they did defensively. And Ray Lewis was great, Mm -hmm. but Ed Reed was right there. Yeah. I mean, Ed Reed took full advantage of what, I mean, what was laid out in front of him, like what he had, you know, useful to him. You know, you do have Ray Lewis in front of you kind of dictating, calling plays ready to go. But then Ed Reed's like, that gives me an opportunity to play games back here myself. Mm -hmm. And his ability to roam Mm -hmm. and just cover the entire field. I mean, the story of him messing up an assignment for weeks to trick Peyton Manning so that when you play him, you can get an interception right. is one of the most bizarre stories They're I've ever heard a defensive off. player say. <laughs> and, like, 100% believable, too. It's like, oh, no, he's not just BS. It's like, that's just how smart some of these guys are. Just at the same time, how crazy. And I don't know this. I've never really talked to anybody that's on any of those Ravens teams I think Ed Reed was the heart and soul and the leader of that defense. I think that Ray Lewis was, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people probably saw through it and like, hey, Ray, we know you murdered someone, and now you're leaning into this religious thing. It's cool. You're a great linebacker. We know it's fake. Yeah. And we know it's phony. You didn't get that with Ed Reed. And Ed Reed back in Miami, he was the leader of that defense, and I think that he probably was with the Ravens as well. Mm-hmm. Ray Lewis is great. Maybe he murdered somebody. Where's the suit? I don't know. But Ed Reed, for me, going to be the defensive player. And offensively, I guess I'm assuming that Lamar Jackson is the quarterback on this team. I'm going to give him a running back, Jamal Lewis. <laughs> Ground and pound, baby. 
have the have the Baltimore Ravens ever had like a franchise level quarterback? You know, I almost put Trent Dilfer on this. I, I mean, like that's it, like him or Joe Flacco. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> Yikes! And here's the thing, and you know, over the draft weekend, I think both of us had probably made some comments about like the Ravens did it again or something mm-hmm. like that, and people kind of laugh and poke fun of it, like, oh, if they're drafting so good. How come they don't have more Super Bowls to show for it? Okay, let's pause. Look back at their quarterbacks that they've had. Yeah. Trent Dilfer, Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson. That probably covers the last 20 years. And they've still managed to win Super Bowls with those guys. And they've been good like every year for 20 years. 100%. Like with Lamar Jackson, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. But like they were loyal to Joe Flacco for way too long, in my opinion. Like it just it, it felt like it wasn't working out for years. But like, I don't know that you say that. It's like well, they're still competing for the division. They're still making runs in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then you move on from that, and then you go into Lamar Jackson, and it's kind of worked out for you. But I don't know what they're going to do moving forward. But for me, what I added, I added Anquan Bolden. They don't have a receiver. I loved Anquan Bolden playing for the Ravens, and when he was playing with the Cardinals to so go to Super Bowls with both of those teams and be a difference when he was a free agent that last year. Um, I really wanted him to end up in Kansas City. Again, a big-bodied receiver. He's going to catch the ball across the middle. He's going to be that jump ball guy. I loved Anquan Bolden when he played. I think he's one of those receivers, in my mind, who doesn't get enough recognition for how good he was either. Yeah, he was always even kind of overshadowed as a Cardinal, too. Mm-hmm. With, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Yep. But he was another guy who – he's probably a Hall of Famer. I, I don't know because like I don't know how games. consistent he stayed throughout his career in terms of numbers. Mm-hmm. He's a three-time Pro Bowler, but this is—it's a weird era because he also had over a thousand catches, yeah, and thirteen thousand yards, eighty-two touchdowns. Like, it's really solid. Like his numbers probably compare with a lot of different people, you know, like the Michael Irvins and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it was a little bit of a different era where we're throwing the football so much more. Caught over a hundred passes twice. I guess he's probably fringe Hall of Fame. Played for a lot of different teams. But maybe if he gets in, I won't be mad about it. That's for sure. Uh, the Buffalo Bills won today, and I think that this is a very easy one as well. Yeah. You need a running back, you have one of the greats, Thurman Thomas. You need a pass rush, Bruce Smith had 200 of them. So <laughs> adding Bruce Smith to this list. I don't know that I'm going to get any argument or pushback on that one at all. No, I mean, and this was another thing too with the Bills. Like they don't really have a lot of holes right now that they need. So if you did give them a, a Thurman Thomas and Bruce Smith, give them the Lombardi. Yeah. Like I mean, honestly, I'm even saying that as a diehard Chiefs fan, 100%. Just give it yeah. to them. It even you know they're pretty solid at quarterback too. So I'd probably keep Josh Allen. Yeah, which is kind of crazy to talk about. He had he had another rough day. Make some just bonehead plays. Had a fumble that led I, to a touchdown, but. I don't know if I mentioned it at the beginning of the show. I didn't really – I watched the beginning of that game, saw Buffalo go up 14 nothing. watched Thompson try and throw an out route to Tyreek. Should have been a flag. wasn't called. And I was like, this game's like, this is blowout. I'm not watching this game. I'm going to watch a movie. And so I did that, and then I saw around halftime that <laughs> the Miami Dolphins stored back. I was like, I'm a little suspicious here. I'm not about to turn this game on and then ruin what Miami has going for themselves. Probably should have because they ruined it there at the end. But I did see a clip out of Josh Allen trying to pick a fight with Wilkins. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to go shove Don't somebody, that, buddy. one, a defensive lineman, they're crazy enough as it is to play that position. And Wilkins is just crazy, too, because he just loves to giggle at people as he fights them. But if you're going to go shove a man like that and then you slip and fall and then dip, I don't know. 
kind of lose respect points for him. And I feel like it's just a little little bitch move. And I've never thought I'd say that about Josh Allen. It, I feel like that was a little like dramatic. It's like NBA tough. Like, you know you can push and shove, but there's going to be an offensive lineman. That Josh Allen does not behave well when he doesn't get his way, or things are not going his way, I should mm-hmm. say. It's almost, yeah, like you can talk trash to him and kind of rattle him. Mm-hmm. You can get into his face and get a little bit physical, and yeah. you're going to piss him off, and it affects his play. It was like that year the Chiefs played the Bills um, in the playoffs, and I think, I don't remember where we were. I think we were in Nashville or something. We were somewhere. I think we were in Mobile, actually. Watching, we were watching the game in the hotel room, and Josh Allen gets sacked, and he throws the football at like Chris Jones, hits him in the face mask, and then uh, yeah. they get in a fight. And it was just like, why, why do that, Josh Allen? Like that's what today reminded me of with it. Luckily, they came out the victory, though. Yeah, um, this game's still going on, by the way. It's tied up twenty four twenty four. Giants Vikings. Look at that. <laughs> so let's do both of these teams. Got to love the NFL, baby. <laughs> the Giants, what do they need offensively? Let's start at the quarterback position because I still think they need one. Addy Eli Manning, two-time yeah. Super Bowl winner. I just, I don't know who else you're going to add. You could talk me into like uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Primetime Ob- Odell. Uh, Victor Cruz even. <laughs> like just a reliable mm-hmm. receiver would be very nice for them. Um, Here's a random name, and he's not my vote for this. Jeremy Shockey, I love watching him play tight end. Man, he was probably overrated just because he ran people over, but he was so fun to watch for those couple years. He was one of my favorite players in the NFL that didn't play for the Chiefs when I was a kid Mm -hmm. because I just thought he was so cool. Like the the long hair, the huge tattoo that he had on his arm. I, I think it was like an American flag, like sleeve, pretty much what he had going. But the dude just looked tough. Like, he looked like Midwest Missouri tough. Yeah. And defensively, no-brainer, Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. You're an idiot if you disagree with that. Yeah. I I saw somebody say Michael Strahan, and they're like, um, (laughs) did you forget about LT? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you could say, like, who are – Lawrence Taylor on this team right now would be scary. Mm -hmm. Because, like, the Giants do have low-key kind of a good defense. There's not a lot there, but they have, you know, key pieces, which mm-hmm. makes it enjoyable. For the Vikings, though, on the other side, you have Randy Moss, which is, is great, but it's like, ah, what if they had a strong-arm quarterback and Dante Culpepper? Just say, Justin Jefferson, yeah. run. <laughs> like, toodaloo. Mm-hmm. Adam Thielen, run. Toodaloo. Dalvin yeah. Cook, just stay right it, here for a little dump-off, just in case. The reason I went Randy Moss, too, is because they don't really have any, like, great quarterbacks. Yeah. Like, am I supposed to dig way back deep? Sorry, I didn't watch Fran Tarkenton play, so I'm not going far, that far back. Running back, you're probably pretty set with Dalvin Cook. Like, you could have added Adrian Peterson, but yeah. Dalvin Cook's still pretty good. So, just kind of by default, is Randy Moss. Yeah. One of the most dangerous receivers of all time. Probably this, For me, he's probably the number two receiver of all time behind Jerry Rice. Yeah. I, I think it's hard to. I'm trying to think of somebody else that I'd throw up there, but. Right, some people say T.O., but I, I, I just, take I Moss over T.O. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I overlook T.O., and I don't know why. I just don't I just don't give enough respect to T.O.'s career. And I don't know if it's because he just bounced around to so many different teams. He was such a problem. He was so annoying. That, I didn't like that, you know, just the attitude that was there. But, mm-hmm. like, that's what makes receivers great. At the same time, they're divas. It's part of the position kind of is what comes with it. And T.O. just played for so long. Like, I, I'm looking at his numbers. His numbers aren't that great, but he played for so long. He had one season where he caught 100 passes, and he kind of was the bridge receiver between eras Yeah, of how much we were throwing the ball. He led the league in touchdowns three times. 
But he never led it in catches. He never led the league in yards. So maybe we shouldn't even put him as number three overall. <laughs> <laughs> that Randy would be Watching him play, even back in the college days of watching Randy Moss. And I will, he, it's like he's the LeBron for me. I will gladly put him too. Please don't tell me he's better than Jerry Rice. He's, he could never catch Jerry Rice in numbers. I don't know if anybody's ever going to. Like, realistically, we might just need to realize, like, that's, these are just unattainable numbers. I don't know how Jerry Rice attained them. Yeah. And even you know, for Randy Moss and what he was able to do, like, his numbers are great. I'm pretty sure he's number two overall in a lot of categories. Mm-hmm. 982 catches, 15,000 yards, 156 touchdowns. Like, those are great numbers. None of them compare to Jerry Rice. It's, and it's not even close. Like you said, 982 catches for Randy Moss. Jerry Rice had 1,500. Golly. Yards. Randy Moss had 15,000. Jerry Rice had almost 23,000. And touchdowns. Touchdowns is where it gets real crazy. 156 versus 197. <laughs> And they weren't throwing the ball. Like, Jeez. Jerry Rice has kind of become a weirdo and a little bit annoying. He's the greatest receiver of all time. And I, it's not up for debate for me. Um, and on, defensively, I went with John Randall for the Vikings. Give him a pass rusher. Uh, there weren't a lot of great guys that I was thinking of defensively for them. Who uh, are some other ones? Oh, I was thinking about it earlier. Now, Sorry to put you on uh, the Antoine spot Antoine Winfield, senior. Yeah. Uh, put him back there and get some help. Jared Allen. <laughs> he is a Viking. <laughs> Who is a Minnesota Viking, not a Kansas City Chief. Uh, sorry for the mix-up for all those years. Um, Vikings had some good ones, some good defensive linemen from a long time ago. But honestly, like the NFL for me kind of starts in like the 80s. Yeah. Probably with like the 85 Bears is where I'm pretty comfortable with my knowledge of the NFL. You start to get back into the 70s. I can name you some players, but I'm – not super confident in how good they So for were. me, it's kind of like the late 90s, early 2000s to now. Yeah. Um, here's a fun one. The Bucks and Cowboys who will play tomorrow night on Monday mm-hmm. Night Football. You look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it's like, what do they actually need? I They're set at receiver. Yep. At tight end, I don't know who you would add at tight end that Tom Brady would take advantage of. Like Gronk, you put him back. You're not replacing Tom Brady. So... Offensive line has been pretty good, too. And, again, it's like, who are you taking from the Buccaneers to bring back? So I went with fullback, Mike Allstop. <laughs> I don't even know. Answer. Like, if he plays, no, I don't care. It was fun to watch. I wish I would have got to see more of his career because he was kind of one of my first introductions in the NFL, too, and just like, that's a different dude. Mm-hmm. Like, just the neck roll, how big he was, and then he just he ran so low, too. Uh, you would, you always wanted to be Mike Allstott when, like, when you played backyard football. Any chubby like, white kid run. wanted to be Mike Allstott. You're looking like, at I'm going to play fullback. Yeah. Well, your ass is playing guard. So. Uh, give me the neck roll, coach, because I'm going to look a lot bigger than I already am. Yeah. And Mike Allstott, his highlight reels, probably one of my favorites of all time. His numbers actually aren't that good. Oh, no. Yeah. He had 5,000 rushing yards. That's it. That's it. He averaged 3.7 yards carry. <laughs> but as a fullback, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> right. He was drafted. Was he like actually the fullback, or was he a running back? No, just... they they played him at both. Like he was drafted in the second round. Damn, as a fullback, and that's what he was listed at. That's what he made. His what did he go to school at? Purdue, of course. Mm-hmm. But how they, did I not know this? 
the backfield tandem of him and Lorenzo Neal. They would put both those guys back there together. Lorenzo Neal lead blocking for Mike Allstock. <laughs> How did they not win more Super Bowls? You, <laughs> go, you gotta have someone throw the ball at some point. <laughs> yeah, and they had Brad Johnson. Um, but he's who I would add. I, I do. I love his highlights. The Buccaneers just don't really need much else. And then defensively, Derek Brooks, one of my favorite players of all time. I I would love to have him and see him in this modern era of NFL. Boy, that would be a scary like trio of linebackers for the Buccaneers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they've got some really good defensive players historically yeah. too. John and, Lynch was another guy that I yep. Oh, actually, that's who I, I put Warren Sapp, but I actually I want John Lynch. Yeah, Warren I think Sapp, that'd be fun. Yep. Talked about him, uh, Ronde Barber. All all of those guys. Were oh the same God, defense. Yes. It, I might change my answer again. It might be Ronde Barber. And let's go here. Tony Dungy is maybe one of the most overrated coaches of all time. Oh my. Really? Listen to this roster that we're talking about. He didn't win a Super Bowl. <laughs> he was there, and they never won a Super Bowl. It took John Gruden coming in in his oh, first yeah. year. They won a Super Bowl. <laughs> Probably because he allowed them you. to be the dicks they wanted to be. And Tony Dungy's like, no cussing. <laughs> yeah. We're good. <laughs> hey, Warren, you know, we don't really do that. Yeah. John Gruden's like, Pfft. Shit, you get three sacks on Sunday, do what yeah. you want. <laughs> yeah, dog. Go do some drugs. Don't care. I don't know if he did. I'm not just I, And I think Tony Dungy is a great person, probably. At least he seems that way. But he gets annoyed and is like, man, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah. He won one Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. And thank you, Peyton. Really? <laughs> like, probably right. should have won more, Peyton. Hey, how hard like, was that? You had Peyton Manning, and I believe it was Tom Moore as offensive coordinator. Like, Tony Dungy was really – he was making the schedule, and he was the defensive coordinator. Yeah, and the receivers that he had, too. And Ed James. Marvin Harrison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty good. Colts should have been uh, competing for more than just one Super Bowl there. But, you know, yeah. Maybe thank you, let's Tom Brady. But... Who did the Colts beat in that Super Bowl? It was probably some really great juggernaut team. <laughs> it was Rex Grossman and the Bears. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, freaking anyway. Rex Grossman, man. And, Going back to, I think it was yesterday's games. What game did they have? They had the Chargers and Jaguars game. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Tony Dungy was on the call. Like, yeah, I don't know what happened. I, Maria Taylor said at the beginning of the broadcast, like, Tony Dungy's taking the nine off, and all of a sudden it was like, Tony Dungy's doing the broadcast. Like, where's Chris Collinsworth at? I, his son Jack was there being loud and obnoxious. I think his son should be the Joker in a movie. He looks more like the Joker than the Joker is in any Batman movie I've ever seen in my life. And I know that's a random thing to say. You mean the literal Joker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like he, I see him and I'm like, yep, boom, that's the, that's the comic book Joker right there that they've been trying to find. He's right there on NBC reporting Sunday night games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how about we go to the Cowboys side of things where I think it's pretty easy to give them a receiver. Yeah. I went with Michael Irvin. I, I you, went Des Bryant, other 88. Right. Just give them a receiver, let them, both wear, all three of them wear 88, whatever it is. Uh, give them another receiver on this offense. Now, at running back, you could have gone Emmett Smith. I think they're solid mm-hmm. at running back. I don't know that Troy Eggman is better than Dak Prescott. He probably is, but. No, Tony Romo, possibly. Like, yeah, I'm, Just because you're really... going to get those comebacks. Like, you know, he might choke, but at the same time, like, Tony Romo was a special. special I'll tell you, I really back. considered Larry Allen at guard. Ooh. And that might be the right answer. Man. Talk about another large human being. Mm-hmm. Just moving <laughs> bodies. Golly. Defensive-wise, though, I went to Marcus Ware. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I went with Dion. Mm. I think either either way is pretty good. Marcus Ware is another guy who's he's kind of underrated. Yeah. 
I also didn't realize how good Demarcus Ware was. More sacks than more sacks than Aaron Donald. Golly, Aaron Donald sucks, dude. <laughs> I go, why? Nine-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro. Numbers and he won a Super Bowl, didn't he? With Aaron Donald. He won a Super Bowl, Super Bowl with, uh, with the Broncos. Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. A little bit of a different position, but still, Aaron Donald's great, man. I. <laughs> I'm really glad. Uh, I mean, if he just shows up to Missouri and beats your ass, I'm just going to be like, man, I'm, I would step in to try and help you, but I know we, nah, we're both going to end up side by side in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, just save yourself. We're buried next to each other in the ground because there ain't no way we're coming out of that alive. No, it's. I think that he's a little, I don't want to say overrated. I think we use that term too much. We also got to remember he's, an, he's a three-tag defensive lineman. Right, defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. These other guys that we've mentioned are, have been the edge guys and helped change the landscape of the game. Except for Reggie White. <laughs> Reggie White just could go wherever he wanted. It didn't matter. Yeah. I'm, so I now I've officially pulled up the list of all-time sack leaders. Oh, man. Do you, do you want to guess where Aaron Donald falls on the list? How long is your list? Like, is it 50? Like, you have 50 guys listed? Because I want to say 50 and he's ranked, like... 70th. He's 52. He's ranked 52? He's 52 all time. Right behind. <laughs> and I was thinking you're going to be like, yeah, the list goes to 50. I was like, yeah, he's like 26. Yeah, I know. No, he's, he's number 52. Wow, right all... behind Dexter Manley. Who? Yeah. And Neil Smith. <laughs> Aaron Donald does not have more sacks than Neil Smith. You know who else has more sacks? Who's Elvis that? Doomerville. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Chandler Jones has more sacks. What? Here's another one that will blow like your mind. Present day Chandler yes, Jones plays for the Chandler Raiders. Jones, same one. Not Chandler Bean, not him. Chandler <laughs> Jones. Justin Houston has more sacks than Aaron Donald. Nuh-uh. Yep. How about some other guys? That he just still... hit 100 this year. Justin Houston. He's 111 did. now. How many sacks does he have this year? Out of boy, Justin Houston. <laughs> well, second one to the career, my guy. Right? Yeah, I think he did have a low-key good season this year. He had nine and a half sacks this season. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cam Jordan has more sacks. Von Miller has more sacks. But then you, you get up here and you start looking at these guys and you do, you know, you kind of think that he did play a little bit of a different position than some of these other guys. But still, it's just it's interesting to look at. To have a little debate over some of these guys. Because there are there are I just guys. hope there's someone that messages you like you're such an idiot. You don't know right. You have no respect for greatness. How about one that we talked about earlier though, who does play the same position? John Randall has more sacks than Aaron Donald and played in a run heavy era. John Randall has hundred and thirty seven sacks. He played three tech. He was an interior defensive lineman. Are you looking at Pro Football Reference? Mm-hmm. Why is there a list for unofficial leaders and then official leaders? What's the difference? Because there? guys like Deacon Jones, they weren't officially keeping track of sacks. I believe oh. it was Deacon Jones that was sacking the quarterback so much that they were like, we need to take note of this. We need to keep <laughs> track of how many times he does this because it's ridiculous. Deacon Jones has 173 sacks, and that's why he's not on the official list because I think it became an official stat in like 1982. Gotcha. So 
thanks to Deacon Jones for changing the game. Here's another thing. I didn't realize Reggie White and Bruce Smith were in the league for pretty much the yeah, same, same amount same of era. time. Just killing quarterbacks. Bruce Smith almost played for 20 years. Mm-hmm. It, That's insane. And it's kind of like the Jerry Rice argument, too. Like, well, he played for so long. Yeah, but he was still getting it done. In his last season at age 40, he had five sacks. At, at age 40, <laughs> he had five sacks. The year before that, in 2002, he was 39 years old. He had nine sacks. At the age of 37, he had 10. He had a double-digit sack season. Man. That's just that's good technique. <laughs> <laughs> that's just great, bub. Right? A little bit a long show today, but uh, yeah. I had fun doing it. Uh, we'll catch up on a lot of these other playoff games. We'll be back at it again on Thursday. Let us know. I, I put a, a tweet out about players. I think that's a fun thing to look at. Uh, we'll monitor the coaches. Maybe we'll talk more Aaron Donald uh, once he officially retires. But we do appreciate you guys joining us, putting up with us for like an hour and a half-ish tonight. But we'll be back at it on Thursday. We'll talk to you all then.